This is 3 and 5, an SLC Management Podcast. Hi, everybody. This is Steve Peacher, uh, President of SLC Management. Thanks for listening to this episode of 3 and 5. I'm really excited today to be joined by Joelle Faulkner. We haven't spoken in five years, I think we were saying, before we launched into this episode. She is the founder and the CEO of Area One Farms. And full disclosure, this is a fund that Sun Life is happily invested in. And so I think people will be very interested in our conversation. So thanks for taking a few minutes. Thanks so much for having me. So I just want to start by tell everybody about Area One Farms. So Area One is an investment firm. We manage about $450 million of capital. We make equity partnerships with Canadian farm families. So we currently work with 28 farm families across Canada and co-own about 140,000 acres. And the reason we do that is for farms to maximize profitability and for them to be able to keep accommodating their kids, like bringing kids back, they really need to scale. But there's a lot of risk to scaling because you keep having to invest a lot in additional land, technology, equipment, infrastructure. And so especially with rising interest rates and the volatility in both weather and the commodity markets, there's a lot of embedded risks. And one of the ways of taking on less risk, but still allowing for that growth is to work with Area One. So we will co-invest. You put in money as the farmer, we put in money, and we own the assets and operations together. And we produce on those farms grain and oil seeds. So like wheat, canola, oats, mostly low cost commodities, a lot of which get exported. And the one kind of really unique thing that we do is in addition to the part that the farmer owns, they actually earn additional equity in the farm. So even though it's really unusual in a capital intensive industry, it's kind of the same way that technology founders get kind of additional equity in the businesses they start. It's such an interesting um, firm you've started. So give everybody a sense of how did how did you found it? What was your path to founding Area One Farms? I started 10 years ago and uh, I had done a lot of school and then worked kind of across a variety of areas from medical devices to finance. And I really wanted to start my own business. And so I took a year to look at different opportunities. And this one to invest in land with farmers wasn't where I expected to land, but I had a really neat background for it because I grew up on a family farm. And so I understood farmers and farmers have a really unique culture, a lot of work ethic, a very deep understanding of their communities and the businesses that they run. And my brother at the time was looking to expand our land base. So I started getting really interested in how do people invest in land and could we do it in a way that was a little different to how most investors work, which is generally buy land and rent it out. And could we do it in a way that was really a win-win-win for the farmer, investors and the community? And my thought was, if we could work really well with the farmers, they always found interesting ways to create value including like improving the land, like making the same land base more productive. And if we could be partners on that, maybe we could also accommodate them earning more over time and increasing their own equity base and purchasing power. So I got interested in that. I raised money over the first two years for six different farms, and we ran those as test pilots. And actually, the first farmer we worked with is still one of our partners, and he actually mentors or other partners now, and has continued to give me advice all the way along. Well, your investment approach of partnering with families as opposed to buying them, uh, buying their holdings and their farms outright is so interesting. So 
give us an example or two of you know the kind of transactions you've done, but, but maybe importantly, the differences, because you must see the difference that it makes in their families' lives because you're you're trying to work with them so that they can set themselves up to be a family business that continues. So give, give, give me some anecdotes. We worked with one in Manitoba where it was a fourth generation farmer, 136 year farm history. And uh, they had expanded aggressively a few years prior. And they had a combination of bad weather and a lot of risk that they took on in the expansion landed them in financial trouble. So we bought out the bank. So we actually took it like they were gonna end up in special loans. We bought out the bank, we added land to them. So we decreased how much they rented because we worked with them to buy from retiring neighbors. And we taught them how to do that land improvement work. So to bring more land into active production to make for a more profitable farm and helped with some of the, well, with mentorship and with some of the risk mitigation strategies. They have now, it's the first year that the oldest daughter is actually moving back to the farm. So long-term, they want to accommodate the same family and two or three of their kids. So we're kind of stepping on that piece. In the other one that I find really neat is because we focus a lot on this land improvement and kind of bringing more land back into production. In parts of Ontario, we've improved about 10,000 acres, which in addition to being really good for the community, which otherwise relies on uh, mining and mills, uh, which are boom bust categories, this creates much more stable employment. But it also means from those 10,000 acres, we make enough food to feed about 200,000 people globally per year. So it it has this really neat effect, I think, both locally and hopefully globally that Canada can can really help support. And and I mean, when you get those kinds of families to partner with, it's just such a treat. Like they really appreciate it. We really appreciate it. We find really neat things to do together. And it does make a big difference to individual lives. Well, it must be in- incredibly uh, gratifying. Um, usually, as you know, I like to end these with a with kind of a completely unrelated personal question, but I- I'd like to ask you about something that is actually related to this. We we were speaking before this a bit about it, and that is the intersection of climate change and the kind of investments you're making in the industry you're invested in. Because you, you, I know you're seeing some intersections there, some changes, some good, some bad. So it's a mixed bag, but talk a bit about how you're seeing climate change impact the, the your investments and how you think they will impact your investments in the future. Climate change is, is really hard on farms because in addition to market volatility, it means a lot of weather volatility. And even Canada, which will kind of in the scheme of the globe is a net beneficiary, more rain and warmer temperatures actually help us with crop production. The volatility is a big problem. And we can use crop insurance and other risk mitigation to make it less. But the way we plan for it is we assume that we are going to have more crop failures than we used to. And we try to increase the productivity of what we grow so that we as farmers can sell more, but also as a country can export more. Because in the context of climate change, the world is going to need more food and it's going to need a lot more food from places that are more reliable at growing it. And right now, Canada's one of those places. Well, this has been um, really interesting. I'm glad we've been able to reconnect after a, a few years, and uh, you know, we couldn't be happier to be partnered with you in your in your fund and good and in, good investments uh, with a great purpose to it. So, thank you very much for taking the time with us, Joelle, and thanks to everybody uh, for listening to this episode of Three and Five. Thanks very much.